people often ask me, well, where can I attend one of these same-side selling immersion workshops? And historically, I give them as private workshops internally for businesses, and not every business can invest tens of thousands of dollars to do that. We are now offering these same-side selling immersion workshops, and we have three of them coming up. We just had one recently in Scottsdale, Arizona that was sold out. You can see the feedback and the ratings and scores and all that on our website. The three coming up are first on March 31st in Dallas, then on April 17th in San Francisco, and then Wilmington, Delaware, May 9th. So just visit ianaltman.com for more details. Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, it's a solo episode, and I want to talk specifically about concepts that will help move the needle for you in the world of sales. We're going to talk about the concepts that and the mindset that helps the most effective sales pros out there achieve extraordinary results. I want to give you strategies for dealing in competitive situations specifically for those clients who have had an existing relationship for a long time. And we might be wondering why they would switch from someone else to us to begin with. And really trying to figure out how we can get our clients to focus more on value rather than price. So first, when it comes to mindset, so I was, I was speaking at a workshop recently. Um, I'm doing these workshops around the country right now, as you probably noticed. And as I'm speaking of this workshop, someone said, yeah, well, well, the problem with me is that, you know, in, in the market we're in, the, um, our whole industry is declining and, and it's shrinking. Or, well, a lot of customers just see us as a commodity, so they don't care about this. And basically, it was just a whole series of excuses, and this was one person on a team of five people who were sent to this program. And among them was their CEO. So during the break, I asked the CEO, I said, well, so I'm guessing that this individual you brought is not one of your top performers. And he said to me, he said, well, I mean, you don't really know our business that well. And, and you happen to be right, but how did you know that this person isn't one of our top performers? And I said, you know why? Because... He's just full of excuses. The reason why he's not performing in his mind has nothing to do with his behavior. Instead, the reason he's not performing well is an external factor. And it's a trap that a lot of us fall into where you might say, oh, well, I deal with the government, and so there's nothing I can do about X. Or, oh, you know what? We sell – this is one of my favorite things because I hear this all the time. We sell products, and so the products, we easily get commoditized. Here's the funny part. People come to a workshop, they say, oh, we sell services. So because we sell services, we always get commoditized. Well, the reality is that both sides can easily be commoditized if you spend your life focusing on excuses. Instead, what you have to do is have an empowering mindset that says, well, if I believe the market's like that, how do I change that? In my prior business, we did some work with the federal government. But anytime we did work in the federal government, we didn't follow the little games that they wanted you to play to commoditize everybody. And what it meant was we didn't do a ton of work in the federal government, but the stuff we did was highly lucrative because we focused on the areas where they really wanted us. And there's a valuable lesson there in that when you're chasing them, you know what? They kind of rule you and run you into the ground. When they're chasing you, it's a totally different story. So, the first behavior that I see with top-performing sales professionals is that 
they don't get caught in this realm of making excuses. In fact, a top performing salesperson, if the customer said, oh, we're buying from my brother-in-law, the top performing salesperson says, man, you know what? I should have asked that question. I should have known well before this. I can't believe I wasted this much time pursuing this opportunity. So they don't blame the customer for having a relationship with their brother or whoever it is or their brother-in-law. Instead, they blame the fact that they didn't know that was going on, and that's what moves the needle. The second side is that top performers know that the goal for every every interaction is not to make a sale, but instead their goal is to figure out, is this a good opportunity or not a good opportunity? Is this worth pursuing or is it not worth pursuing? Because every opportunity is not going to turn into a sale. It doesn't make sense at all. So instead, we want to realize is your job when you first have an interaction with somebody, your job when you get an inbound request is not to make the sale or get a meeting. Your job is first to qualify. You want to make sure, is this opportunity worth pursuing to begin with? Does this person have a problem that's worth solving? And if it is worth solving, is it one that your organization excels at solving? And if all those things are true, then you're in great shape. And if not, then maybe it isn't such a great fit. So part of it is the mindset of being skeptical or curious. Now, skeptical sounds very negative, so a lot of times we prefer to use the word curious, but I'll give you an example. I got a call recently from a telecommunications company. It's a great organization who, candidly, I'd love to speak to their organization because I think it can have a huge impact for them. And they describe an event coming up that is geared towards women in sales. And it's a whole series they're doing on women in sales. And I said to the person who called me, I said, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but do you think it's possible that your audience would respond better to a female speaker than to a male speaker? And there was a silence, and she said, you know, that's a good point. But I spoke to other male speakers, and they didn't bring this up. And I said, look, I'd be happy to speak to them. I, I speak to women audiences all the time very successfully. But if the whole point of this is women in sales, do you feel that they would have a better experience having a top-performing woman speaker? And I happen to know several women who were phenomenal sales speakers. And so I said, let me introduce you to them. Because what I realized was, look, I can go down this whole process, and I believe it's in their best interest to go down this other path anyhow. So why wouldn't I be the one to present that? And you might think, oh, well, you lost the sale. And I would argue that I shouldn't have had that sale to begin with. So I didn't lose anything. In fact, all I did was help my client get the best solution and ensuring the best results for them. And that's something that I'm sure will pay off down the road. And there may be yet other opportunities to pursue. So when it comes to this idea of top attributes or behaviors for top performing salespeople, just remember that that idea is that A, don't make excuses and B, be skeptical or curious to make sure that you have a good fit. Now, so what do I do if I've, got a, if I've got a client or prospect who's maybe asking me to respond to an RFP and they say, oh, I've been dealing with this one company for the last 20 years. So you might think of all these different strategies and tactics you can use to try and figure out how to get them to move from the other person to you. 
And so we might ask questions like this when it comes to competition. We might say, well, we always like to get a sense of what other people are doing that maybe we're not doing. Could you tell me a few of the things that you like that they're doing that maybe we should emulate? And then that way you start on a positive tone and you get information about what they like about them. And then you get to ask the question, well, I mean, if you could change one or two things about them, what would those be? And now you get an indicator from them about things that their current vendor doesn't do that they wish they could. You also want to think about some of the consequences of those other pieces. So, for example, in my workshop recently, I had an organization who they can save a lot of their clients money. But the problem is that how important is it for those clients to save that money? Well, it's tough to know. So what we did is in, in this in this role play, we said, well, so, gee, are there other things that you wish you could do in your organization that you just don't have the budget to spend on? And in the role play, the customer says, well, yeah, okay. So if we were able to help you find the money to do those things, would that make this project worth undertaking? So now all of a sudden, I'm not selling the fact that I'm saving them money. Instead, what I'm doing is I'm selling them on the notion that I can help you achieve things that you can't achieve elsewhere because I'm saving you money in this other area that happens to be our domain. So, for example, I can say to somebody, well, I can save you 10%, but if they don't have plans for what they're going to do with that 10%, they may not care. But if that 10%, let's say it was $100,000 and they're saving $10,000, but there's something really important they wanted to do and they didn't have $10,000 to do it, you're better off showing them that you can help them accomplish that thing they can't do without the 10000 than you are just saying you're going to help them save $10,000. So remember, effective sales, it's not about convincing. It's not about persuading. It's about uncovering the best solution to ensure the results that they need. Now, here's the other part where all this comes together, and that is, so let's say I'm talking to somebody, and they've got one of our competitors in there, and the competitor's been in there for 20-plus years. And each year, they go out and shop it around every two years, every three years, but they still haven't switched. Well, let's get back to that most effective sales professional piece. So the most effective sales professionals – I'm saying should be skeptical or curious. So what if you said this to your client or prospect? You know, I I know you've been working with XYZ for the last 20 plus years. And each year you go out and you shop this thing around and continually you've come back to them. So my sense is that no matter what you see elsewhere, there's probably not going to be anything compelling enough to make you switch. I mean, can you imagine anything that would be compelling enough for you to switch? And what might happen is they might say, well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's something. Really? Like what? And now, hopefully, you can have a dialogue where they start explaining what conditions would have to be present in order for them to change. But the way we get to that conversation is by being skeptical not by being persuasive. We're not trying to convince them that something else is worth doing. All we're trying to say is, I'm betting there's no way you would change. Am I missing something? And let them convince you that something is worth changing. So, for example, I'm not a very healthy guy. You know, I've got some serious weight to lose. And I've been talking about it for a long time. And probably the most effective thing someone can say to me is, well, I mean, so – 
you've been like this for a long time. Why do you think you're going to change now? And the reality is that, you know what? I'm trying to change. It's just a little bit slow going. And, but I have a desire to change, and that's why I'm paying for trainers and doing other things that may or may not be having results, but hot damn, I'm spending the dollars to try and make a difference. And that's what we're trying to find out for our from our clients. So remember, the most effective sales pros, just as a quick recap here, the most effective sales pros are not making excuses. They're owning and being responsible for their own actions and outcomes. And they come into situations being skeptical or curious, letting the customer convince them. And then when it comes to the competition side, we want to ask questions like, what do you like about them? And if you could change one or two things, what would those be? And when you have that client who's worked with the same vendor for a long time, instead of trying to push them about why they should change, take the opposite approach and say, my guess is there's no way you would ever change, right? And remember, all we're trying to do is get to the truth. I want to thank you for taking the time to subscribe and share this with your friends and colleagues. really makes a difference. If there's a guest you think I should have on the show, if there's a topic you want me to cover, just drop me a note at ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer. <laughs>